0: Hello, and welcome to The Top Three, a podcast where we discuss the definitive rankings of everything. I am your host, Kieran Davey. Today, I am joined by Josh Seward from Closet Conversations to discuss the top three Terrence Malick movies. It's sure to be a thought-provoking discussion. Let's dive in. Well, thanks, Josh, for joining me today on this episode of The Top 3. Excited to have you here.
1: Excited to be here. This is great.
0: I should mention that you're joining us from Thailand, so we're hoping that the audio and internet holds up okay.
1: Yeah, we're bridging a lot of uh, time zones to make this happen.
0: (laughs) Exactly. You're kind of like an old veteran of the podcasting game.
1: Not at all. Not at all. Our podcast was so casual. Like, we, we we didn't really know what we were doing. Veteran is a strong word, I'd say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, like, because your podcast, which is called Closet Conversations, you guys had like 50 episodes, or how many episodes did you have?
1: I wanted to get to 100, but we, we couldn't make it because we were just done with it. But uh, we made it to 61, 61 episodes.
0: That's <laughs> as far as, then you were like, that's it. <laughs>
1: And that's it. And we realized we were like, should we end at like 75, some sort of like nice number? And they're like, no, let's just end at like 61. Like, doesn't make any sense.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like you picked the least round number imaginable. Yeah, 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 exactly. But your podcast, Closet Conversations, was specifically about art and spirituality and the intersections between those two things.
1: No, completely, yeah. We always, our tagline was... We talked about art, faith, and everything in between.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, you know, very much is in line with what we'll be chatting about today. Uh, Before we get started in the conversation, curious to know why you ended up stopping the podcast.
1: Yeah. So, as you know already, editing a podcast and creating a podcast takes tons of work. So we got a little tired of that. But then more importantly, I think we felt like creatively drained. Like we just kept recycling the same ideas or same concepts we've been talking about the whole time. Just like we needed to move on to something else. And uh, it's actually been exciting to do that, to use my energy somewhere else. I've been like editing videos and stuff and like uh, writing more, which is cool. And I didn't realize how much time was spent editing podcasts. <laughs> so it's it's cool to take a break and to have new opportunities of uh, creating things.
0: Cool. Well, I'm excited to see what your next creative project is then if you're freeing up all your creative space for other ideas.
1: Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> we'll see.
0: You and I talked about this a little bit earlier, but I think it's also good when projects can come to an end. I feel like now with like YouTube channels and podcasts and everything, a lot of people's creative outputs are kind of in these never-ending things. Like, There's no end date. It's just open. You just create content until, until it's over. In last week's episode, I was talking with Alyssa, kind of an instagram comic artist and so she does a comic every day um, and has been doing a comic every day for the last three years so like super prolific and super consistent wow it's just like she'll keep making it until i don't know when we were kind of joking that she'll keep making it until she dies as like a kind of dark joke but uh that's kind of the setup it is right if you don't have an end date it just keeps going
1: yeah yeah totally which is part of the reason why I love movies so much. Like Movies are my favorite medium of art because there's um, a beginning, a middle, and an end, you know, and you can sit through the whole thing in one period of time. I've never gotten into TV shows really because it's just, it feels like there's never an end.
0: No, I totally relate to you on that. Movies for me, definitely way more into movies than TV. I don't mind TV, like those series that's like one season, like cut and dry, and that's the whole complete package. Eight episodes and that's it.
1: Yeah, I can do those. Chernobyl or like True Detective, like those kind of shows.
0: Totally. Yeah, I I view True Detective as one thing because I just think about season one and that's it for me. It's just season one of True Detective and that's it.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, yeah, the other ones are just a different thing. But season one of True Detective, you just watch every couple years. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Yeah, I haven't got around to rewatching it yet, but it's definitely it's it's up there oh man but we'll save top three tv seasons for a different podcast (laughs) yeah i'll come back but yeah no the podcast thing i know it's it's a lot of a lot of time i'm currently on like a weekly uh release schedule and not sure if i'll stick to that for ever but for now we'll see we'll see it's working so far
1: yeah keep doing it man it's uh like i i hope i didn't make it sound so negative because it is really fun (laughs) and like when you have guests and when you're like in the rhythm of it, make something and put it out there. You feel like it's well edited and stuff. It's really exciting. So
0: yeah, I, I don't know about well edited. I do the best I can, but I do enjoy the opportunity to talk to people um, about kind of cool, cool topics. And yeah, I mean, I was a fan of I was a fan of your guys's podcasts and the episodes, and you guys talked a lot about art and movies and spirituality and all kinds of stuff, which I feel like will tie into our discussion today
1: yeah you can't talk about well, i don't want to drop what we're talking about but you can't talk about what we're going to talk about without mm. mentioning the spirituality
0: because it's just a key piece for sure i mean we can we can drop it. it'll it be in the episode title <laughs> <laughs> Okay. yeah yeah we'll be talking we're talking about the top three terrence malick movies kind of movies by the director terrence malick i believe if i remember correctly terrence malick is your favorite director is that still the case or is martin scorsese taken over
1: Martin Scorsese is now my
0: favorite director. Oh,
1: wow. Dethroned. Malick was, yeah, for a long time, my favorite, but he's been dethroned. Scorsese, I've watched, I think, at least five Scorsese movies this past year that I haven't seen. And that's, for me, solidified him as like, yeah, he's the man. He is the best. Scorsese is, I think, more rough around the edges in lots of different senses, than Malik. Like Malik is has less movies and doesn't have any violence really in his movies, even like the war ones. But Scorsese is like just like very blatant filmmaker. But I think that he he becomes my favorite because he shows everything, Martin Scorsese. And I think that his movies can almost have a heightened spirituality because of that. I don't know, like there's something I, I love Terence Malik. Still think his movies are spiritual in a different way. Yeah, Scorsese's are just maybe more personal. They just become more my style, mainly. That's the biggest
0: reason. (laughs) that's interesting interesting because because malik's movies are very like transcendent aesthetic kind Mm -hmm. of movies floaty vibes like it's very metaphysical feeling in a way that's also very like rooted in nature maybe i don't know oh yeah he loves nature absolutely yeah (laughs) Uh, i guess maybe for some background for people who are not as familiar so Terrence malik is a american film director uh has not made that many films no but some of his popular ones, he made like Badlands, Days of Heaven, The Thin Red Line, Tree of Life. He's not like the most popular director among like kind of mainstream. Mm-hmm. Why do you think he has not made the leap into, into the mainstream?
1: I think what it comes down to is like what you're saying, this abstract style. It's funny, like he's from like born and raised in Texas, an American man. He makes <laughs> movies like he's... New wave French filmmaker, or like like Andre Tarkovsky, sort of like Russian. It doesn't make sense, like his background and the way he s- sees the world and makes films. But I think what it comes down to is just that that abstract thing that he does, which is more popular internationally. Enjoy a movie like that that has no real plot or like no real like story arc, you know? Because he is he is one of those guys that moviegoers don't really like at all but actors and other filmmakers look up to him like crazy you know like he's adored by those people that are in the movie industry but people that just go to the movies they're not going to enjoy a Terrence Malick movie unless you're like a (laughs) fanboy
0: yeah exactly yeah I think that probably since it has like you mentioned maybe not as much of a plot and deals with more of these like spiritual ideas and it's not like a straightforward movie and also probably not like action-packed definitely more like like in in tree of life which we'll probably chat about a bit there's like that like a 15 minute segment about just like the creation of the universe and it's just shots of space set to like opera music Mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't speak mainstream to me no but i mean he's worked with a lot of famous actors like he's worked with brad pitt and sean penn christian bale and like these mainstream actors right who seem to be down to do these weird artsy films
1: (laughs) yeah it's crazy the actors he's worked with there's a lot
0: of big names
1: that you could just probably drop and they've probably been in a mouth movie even if just for like a minute or so
0: (laughs) yeah so he used to be your favorite filmmaker dethroned by scorsese now but why was he kind of up there as your number one director for so long
1: okay so maybe i now i could like talk about my first exposure to him my dad is very into movies and because of that I have become very into movies. He always made me watch Krzysztof Kieślowski like just these like horribly slow European movies and stuff and I was not into it. My favorite movie at the time was like Star Wars. Like that was like the kind of things I was into in high school. He made me watch The Tree of Life with him. I hated it. It was so boring. I didn't understand it. But I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like there was like a, a small seed planted that day. This is something I've never seen before. Even though I didn't like it, this is something that is totally unique, totally different than anything I've ever seen. And then after I graduated, I started watching more and more of those kinds of movies that like bend the ways we tell stories or cross-cut between different storylines. And so there's a couple movies that, that kind of opened my eyes to me. Like, okay, movies can be something far more interesting than just entertainment they can like change the way you see the world and they can change the way you think or they can force you to empathize with someone that you don't necessarily want to empathize with so i just started falling in love with all the different parts of movies and then like i just couldn't get enough of it and i still can't so then i watched the tree of life again when i was in university and i was absolutely floored and like transported to a different place. Everything was working for me. I was just like blown away. I think that's the biggest reason I love Terence Malick. And the word that you said already that comes to mind is transcendent. I always joke, if you were to do a Terence Malick marathon, like if you just watched all 10 of his movies, you just like ascend to heaven. <laughs> so spiritual and like, so like uplifting, you just kind of like start levitating. His movies are so transcendent and so full of hope. I just love the way they look, the way they feel, yeah.
0: Yeah. And definitely like they're, they're just gorgeous movies, right? Like, oh, feel yeah. like in the music, the cinematography, the actors, <laughs> like just beautiful films in like full senses of the word.
1: Hmm, yeah. Oh, movies can't be more than just the story. They can be experience. You go to a Terrence Malick movie not to like hear this cool story. You go to be transported, you know, it's like a, a, a spiritual experience and all of that, the colors, the camera work, the music makes that feeling
0: yeah definitely not like a late night popcorn movie but like a like a late night gonna think about the nature of man kind of movie (laughs) yeah
1: yeah exactly
0: out of curiosity have you seen all 10 of his movies
1: i have yeah
0: all 10 wow that makes sense i guess favorite director that checks out
1: yeah and like for a while he was both keep bringing up my dad,
0: but
1: he was both my and my dad's favorite. And so every time one of his new movies came out, it was like an event we'd go to the theater and see the next Terrence Malick flick.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And then have like big, deep conversations afterwards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's awesome. Well, it's, it's funny that you brought up your dad because your dad was also the one who introduced me to Terrence Malick. Oh, really? <laughs> How? Well, because so you and I know each other from when we were kids at summer camp. Your dad was, I think he was, like, speaking at the camp, and he showed, like, a clip of Tree of Life. Oh, okay, that's familiar, yeah. Specifically that, like, like the 15-minute or 20-minute, like, space montage, where it's just, like, the universe transforming and, like, asteroids and the galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I watched it, and I was like, wow, like, those images plus the music. It was so cool. I'd never seen movies like that before it was kind of in the back of my mind. When I got home, I like watched it and I was like, man, I don't get this movie. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I felt so like unresolved afterwards and confused. And so then I oh, like, you yeah. know, did a whole bunch of like reading and like research and looked up like, what is this like tree of life explained and trying to like figure out what's going on. And then similar to you, yeah, I came back and watched it again kind of with some of those ideas in my brain. And then I was like blown away. Mm-hmm. It's, like, one of my favorite movies because there's so much going on in terms of, like, thematic elements, and both Brad Pitt and Jessica Chastain are just delivering, like, incredible performances.
1: Oh, man, so good.
0: I have not seen as many as you have, to be fair. I've seen Badlands, Days of Heaven, Thin Red Line, parts of The New World, and then The Tree of Life.
1: (laughs) Okay, nice.
0: So, more like early, early Malick, I think, for sure.
1: I think those are the important ones.
0: One of the things that makes Malik such a great filmmaker, too, is how
1: much time between his films. Because he made Badlands and Days of Heaven in the 70s, and then he didn't make anything until The Thin Red Line in 1998. And then he didn't make The New World till 2005. And then he didn't make Tree of Life till 2011. In 2013, he started making movies like every two years. And those are not his great movies, but there is one in there that I absolutely adore, which we might talk about. Uh, his most recent movie, *A Hidden Life*, is kind of going back to his older style, like *Days of Heaven*, *Diner Line* sort of style, and it is very good. Like it's very worth your time.
0: Yeah, sweet. It's on my it's on my list of like, you know, my watch list for sure. From what I've seen of his few more recent movies, it seems like he's been really leaning into the like tree of life aesthetic, where it's like big shots of people and like nature and like voiceover about philosophical stuff and it's very much like that vibe not as much happens but it's like you're just feeling things and like yeah
1: <laughs> yeah oh totally a lot of people just wandering around waving their hands through the sun like, yeah
0: yeah and like sunlight through trees and like the cameras spinning and you're just like feeling at one with the universe
1: <laughs> yeah Which is great. Like, it's so... If it's working for you, it's great. But if you're just there to, like, see an interesting movie, (laughs) I can see why people don't like it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that Malick is definitely a filmmaker that is, like, pretty easy to spoof. Yes. Because he has these, like, archetypes and tropes that he, like, comes back to. I don't know. For whatever reason, it works for you, it works for me. Like, we we feel it on, like, a pretty deep level.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally, totally.
0: Well, then, I guess we might as well dive into the discussion about like yeah what are the top three terence malik films
1: so one of my favorite malik movies is not popular and really hard to find it's voyage of time life's journey
0: yeah because voyage of time is an imax documentary that is kind of like that segment from tree of life just extended out into like a 40 minute film just kind of all of time from the birth of the universe to like the end of the universe but seen through like space time Voyager Time Life's journey, that's the longer 90-minute version, right?
1: Yes. I haven't seen the 40-minute IMAX thing. I've only seen the longer one. But what makes that amazing is it cross-cuts this like 70 millimeter amazing shots of nature with Terrence Malick's own like handheld footage throughout his life. Like he cause during his hiatuses, he would travel a lot. And so there's lots of footages of like India, Indonesia, and like his own stuff. And cross-cutting those two things is like so poetic. It totally works. I don't know why it works because it's kind of it could be seen as choppy. It's so beautiful and it's so personal, poetic, but also as you said, it's talking about like the universe and like from beginning to end. So it's it's quite an interesting thing to watch.
0: Is that the version narrated by Brad Pitt or by Kate Blanchett? Uh, by Kate
1: Blanchett. Yeah, Brad Pitt does the short one. Kate Blanchett does the long one.
0: Cool, okay well I, I haven't seen either but I love that space sequence in Tree of Life so I'm super down to watch these ones
1: Oh yeah I wouldn't say that's that. one of his top three essentials like that that might be like a later in the game if you're really addicted to his movies sort of thing
0: but. like a like a personal favorite kind of like like the Maverick choice you know
1: yeah exactly <laughs> yeah
0: okay so voyage of time then not making it into the top three what do you think his best work is? his best if i just kind of toss out some some ones the two that are like immediately at the forefront that i'm like these two have to be in his top three and i'm pretty sure that we agree on these is tree of life as we've already discussed i feel like is just such a masterpiece and also like as we mentioned it's kind of defined his style over the last like 10 years or whatever and the other one which i know is like your favorite movie of all time unless that's also shifted but is a uh, thin red line i feel like is just incredible
1: Yeah, that has not changed. The Thin Red Line is my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. Those are the two obvious choices. seems like a crazy filmmaker to harness. He wants to go so many different directions, which is a a fault maybe. But those two movies, it's like, no, he's like making all the right choices and the music and the images are working perfectly.
0: Just give some background for maybe people who haven't seen them. So Tree of Life is about this kind of like suburban family in the 1950s. Um, but also at the same time about, like, the history of the universe. But, like, fundamentally, it's about the tension between nature and grace, and kind of these two opposing forces, which kind of come through as, like, the the father and the mother a little bit. So touching on these kind of big universal themes a little bit. Because op- the opening
1: line is, the nuns taught us there was two ways to live, the way of nature and the way of grace. And then as soon as I realized dad is the embodiment of nature... And the mom is the embodiment of grace. And you have these kids growing up with those parents, one nature, one grace, learning how to live in the world. Something that doesn't get talked about, but to write a screenplay and to have those ideas all working is incredible. And then the other thing that's happening in the tree of life, it opens with a quote from the book of Job, which says like, who are you to question me? Like I made the heavens and the earth or whatever, like very poetic. You, you see the characters experience all kinds of suffering, like, And see other people suffer. I don't know how he did it, but he's he's wrestling with like these huge ideas, like suffering. Why are we here on Earth? The way of nature, the way of grace. It's just like tackling these giant themes, but he does it so well and at such an intimate level. It's incredible.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think like a lot of that's helped too by like both Brad Pitt and Jessica Chastain, as you mentioned, just deliver like such great performances. In the early part of the movie, they receive this kind of like tragic message. And the way they both react to, like, grief, I feel like it's, like, the most realistic portrayal of grief I've ever seen in a movie. It's, like, so good.
1: Yeah, it totally tackles grief in such an accurate way. Like, all the stupid things people say and, like, yeah, it's great.
0: And how it kind of, like, just disconnects you from other people. Like, you feel like you can't interact with them. And, yeah, I was just super impressed. And the music is, like, super iconic and easy choice for our top three, I think. And then bouncing over to Thin Red Line, as you mentioned, your favorite film, this epic war film, kind of unlike any other. I don't even, how, maybe you should describe this one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, it's the only war film I've ever seen that manages to show the horrors of war, but also that it's going to be okay in the end. It's World War II, but it's taking place on like the islands of, like near Fiji. So it's America against Japan in World War II. Like you said, it's less about war and more about, like, why are we here? Why do human beings do this to each other? What is a meaningful life? Because all these soldiers are, like, taking different paths, you know? I could talk about this movie for, like, years, but, like,
0: why do you love it? I think you're totally right in that it balances both this, like, horror of war with this hopefulness in ways that I think other movies don't do. Like, you have war movies that are just, like, action and yeah and it doesn't really grapple with like the travesty of war and there's other ones that are just like heavy and just like leave you feeling war is brutal and like just horrifying and this one it is horrifying and doesn't shy away from that but also leaves you feeling like spiritually uplifted in a way that's kind of wild yeah It opens, like, those scenes with, like, Jim Cavazil's character just, like, on the island with indigenous people. And just, like, that sequence at the beginning is just gorgeous and powerful. And the cinematography is, like, classic Malick, just, like, absolutely insane in terms of how gorgeous it is. Star-studded cast, you have, like, Sean Penn and Jim Cavazil and George Clooney and Woody Harrelson and Nick Nolte and John Travolta and all these people just, like, in this movie. And then, you know, Hans Zimmer is, like, bringing it all with the music. Just so good.
1: Oh, man, yeah.
0: On the most recent Vampire Weekend album, how they, like, sample the Hans Zimmer score from this movie. And it's just wild as a sample. <laughs> so the, the thing that they sample, it's actually, like,
1: Melanesian choirs. And so when they were filming it, Terrence Malik's wife went and recorded this choral music of the indigenous people of the area. And there's a whole CD you could buy that I bought and it took like eight months to ship to me (laughs) of just like all the songs that they recorded on the set. Such beautiful music. I can't even describe it. Like it's unbelievable.
0: Yeah. Oh man, great find with that CD. That's awesome. For any curious listeners, any curious monkeys out there, it's sampled in the song Hold You Now by Van Pro (laughs) Weekend.
1: Hold You Now was probably my most listened to song of of the year it came out, I think.
0: Yeah, you're like, I want more Thin Red Line in whatever form the internet will give it to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I think after watching that movie, I went to look for more movies with Jim Cavazell, because I thought he was just phenomenal in that movie. But I feel like there's no real other movies that he's made that I want to watch.
1: No, I mean, like, the only other one I know he's in is The Passion of the Christ, but i don't really like that movie. Mel Gibson kind of gets a little crazy in that movie i think, but
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just a lot of like really intense violence. <laughs> it's from what i i haven't seen it, but that's the vibe.
1: It's like a slasher movie, but it's like <laughs> i don't know, this is the right way to be like showing the life of Jesus. But
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like how if Thin Red Line is a movie that's like the horror and the hope and stuff, Mel Gibson takes the story of jesus and then just like strips it down to just violence and blood (laughs) so true yeah i I kind of like though that jim cavazell is only really in thin red line because then he's just like that's it it's just that one character and i'm like yep killed it great Mm -hmm.
1: totally the other thing that thin red line has going for it which is different than other war films is it shows the effects of war on the Japanese, on the indigenous people, and on, like, nature. So, like, we said before, like, it shows all the effects that war has on, on the people, on our souls as human beings, but also on the world around us and nature. is just, like, brilliant.
0: Yeah, the only one that I think comes close to that is probably Apocalypse Now. Like, the focus isn't on the war. The focus is on both the people and also these, like, intense humanistic, like, spiritual themes and stuff. Thin Red Line is like the hopeful version of that. And then Apocalypse Now is like the dark side of that, where it's just like the twisted nature of humanity.
1: Totally. And Apocalypse Now is an incredible movie. Like, yeah, one of the best.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're going to be verging into top three war films, of top three Malick films, but yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oops, yeah. But you're right. It is missing that,
0: that hope. Another reason Malick is one of my
1: favorite filmmakers is because he, he has that, that hope, that glimmer of light
0: you know speaking of glimmers of light maybe it's a good end to transition to our like other movie that'll end up in his top three the two that i would toss up is either badlands or days of heaven would be the two that i like would consider for this spot and both very different movies also very different than his other work
1: like they're they're closest to thin red line but everything post thin red line is so different than days of heaven and badlands yeah
0: Yeah, Thin Red Line, I think, is the turning point from, like, more conventional movies, maybe conventional in, like, a loose Malick sense, to, like, moving towards that are just very much focused on, like, deep ideas and stuff. Badlands is probably his most conventional movie. I think so,
1: yeah. It's very normal in a lot of ways. But also, he's doing things that, like, other people weren't doing at the time with, like, the voiceovers and stuff like that, yeah.
0: Yeah, you still see those glimpses of Malick that are, like, present throughout the whole thing. I think between those two, I mean, between those two, are those the same ones that you would toss up, I guess, the top options?
1: I would put in The New World as well. I like Badlands the most of those three as far as the story and the performances, but I think that Days of Heaven and The New World especially look so gorgeous. Like, they look incredible, which is such a big piece in the way Malik makes movies.
0: A huge part of why you're watching is for how beautiful it looks. Like, it's just art.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. It's just art, exactly. So well said. Just taking it all in.
0: (laughs) Just soaking it up like you do, like, a beautiful day or, like, a painting or something. Yeah, exactly. Similar to you, I think I like Badlands the most of those movies. Days of Heaven deserves an honorable mention, or at least, like, it deserves credit, because it's probably one of the best cinematography in in a movie, just because it's all, like, natural light, and it's all shot at, like, golden hours, the sun is setting, and it just looks absolutely magnificent
1: oh yeah it's crazy i got to watch it in hd like blu-ray on like a bigger tv it was incredible
0: yeah i feel like yeah it didn't touch me as much in terms of the story and stuff i just wasn't as pulled but i mean if you just put it on if you take like the i don't know 100 best shots of that movie and just put it all as a montage it just is a gorgeous reel and i would
1: say that the new world is like that as well i think the new world is really like you you've only seen part of it
0: I've only seen I've only seen parts of it. I've never seen the full New World, unfortunately. I don't know why. I haven't like watched the full movie. I don't know.
1: It's honestly probably the slowest moving movie. I, I find it hard to get engaged with it. But similarly to Days of Heaven, every frame in that movie is just gorgeous.
0: I also want to say I think it's so tough too, because the New World is also kind of about the story of Pocahontas, and I feel like that is just a tough story to tell without becoming like really problematic <laughs> that's a great it's a great point it does have you know photography from our boy emmanuel lebesky and lebesky can do no wrong
1: he can do no wrong so yeah i don't know what what would be our third our third pick
0: maybe then probably if we both like badlands the most maybe out of those movies and it's also his first one, so it feels like it's notable in that way. And maybe his most accessible movie. Maybe we toss that one in as the, as the third one.
1: I think Badlands is, is the right choice for the third. It'd be a good entry level for people because it's not asking too much of the audience. It's shorter, a normal narrative, sort of. But it's also doing things that are like quite interesting. And, and it looks good, and the music's great, and yeah. Badlands is about this older man, like, starts falling in love with this younger woman. She falls for him, and then they kind of just go on this, like, fairy tale journey into the forest and, like, live in the forest. And then they—well, he kills a bunch of people. But, yeah, he's gotten to this outlaw, and it's about this, like, actual outlaw that lived. Yeah, it's so—it feels like a fairy tale. You never really feel the consequences of him killing these people. He's just kind of living in this fantasy world and bringing this girl along for the ride. And it's very bizarre and, and weird, but it kind of delightful. Yeah, it's a kind of a weird, strange movie, but it's I think it's really fun.
0: Yeah, listening to it you explain it, I was like, this movie sounds messed up. Like just hearing you just like explain the concept. <laughs> yeah. But I, I you're totally right though. They're disconnected from reality, right? Like they think like, oh man, like we can be in love and that'll protect us and we don't need the world. We're gonna go hide in the forest and like kill anybody who tries to find us and we're in love and like that's all we need. And it's like, no, like you are fools. And like, they get hit hard with the consequences of what they're doing.
1: Yeah, it's true. But it doesn't feel like the the kind of story that Terrence Malick would be interested in. But I think he did good with that kind of material. I think it was really interesting.
0: Yeah, he like starts out and he's like, maybe I don't want to go this Corsese route. I just want people like twirling under trees and like thinking about stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's like, this is getting a bit. Yeah,
0: that's funny. We like Tree of Life and, and Thin Red Line more, but, you know, still a great film. So then uh, do we, I guess, in our top three then, Badlands is number three. Mm-hmm. For number two, I mean, Thin Red Line is your favorite movie, so I feel like you're going to put that at number one.
1: <laughs> I would put it number one, but I think would you would put, put Tree of Life as your number one, though.
0: I kind of feel like Tree of Life is like the ultimate Malick movie in that I feel like it just sums up so much in terms of what his both his artistic style and also his like philosophical and spiritual ideas. I mean, it was also the movie that introduced Malick to us, uh, both by your dad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, shout out to him. I think that makes sense. I think it would have to be Badlands, then Red Line, and then The Tree of Life because The Tree of Life is. In a lot of ways, the bridge between the old Malik and the new Malik. It's also his most personal movie in that he, it's about kids growing up in Texas, which is him. Maybe the movie that he was born to make
0: in some sort of weird way. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think that's funny then. If we were to do top three Malik movies, we put like Tree of Life above Thin Red Line. But if you were to just do like top three movies of all time, you would put Thin Red Line at the top. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I guess that's kind of strange. You're evaluating different things, but in the end, like yeah, Thin Red Line's just my favorite movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's fair. I don't know if I have like a single favorite. I think I usually say Fantastic Mr. Fox is like my favorite by Wes Anderson. That's typically my like number one. Yeah. But I haven't seen it for a long time, so I'm not sure. But
1: <sighs> it's a great choice.
0: Yeah, cool. Okay, so then I guess we've hit our, our top three. Number three, Badlands, number two, Thin Red Line, and then number one tree of life as like the top three terrence malick movies i had a feeling that's where we were gonna end up but i'm glad we got there
1: (laughs) yeah i wasn't sure what the third one would be but i knew the first two
0: yeah yeah you and i have definitely this isn't the first time we have chatted about movies and yeah i I had a feeling
1: Mm -hmm. but i think it's good i think that's a good top three
0: no i think that's great now that we have the top three josh do you want to leave our listeners with a piece of life advice
1: okay here's my life advice and it's related to movies in general when you sit down and watch a movie, especially if it's a slow movie, force yourself to just be you and the movie. Put your phone in a different room. If you're on your laptop, close all your other tabs, remove all their distractions and it creates this kind of like meditative space and you will always enjoy your movie more. It might be uncomfortable at first if you don't have your phone to like grab if you're bored or something, but sit in the discomfort eventually it'll pay off at the end you'll enjoy it more if you actually strip down all the other distractions that's my life advice
0: yeah spoken as a true like malik fan who wants to just like embrace the movie and just dive in fully (laughs) yeah i love that you gave like really practical life advice but like here's how to enjoy your movie watching as opposed to like cling on to hope like this like what's the meaning of life it's like josh is like no here's how you watch your movies put away your phone (laughs)
1: Yeah, I thought about doing something like that. I'm like, ah, I want to be more specific.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're like, if I tell people to hope, whatever. But if I tell them how to watch movies, that's the name people can grab onto.
1: And maybe you'll understand hope in a deeper way by watching a Terrence Malick movie without any distractions.
0: Yeah, honestly, I feel like in the state that our internet discourse is in, throwing away your phone and like not having access to social media might give you more hope. So fair. (laughs) No, we like phones here on the pod. Top three phones will be a future episode, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, nothing wrong with phones.
0: Cool. Okay, well, Josh, thanks so much for kind of joining me from Thailand on the pod and bearing with me through any, like, internet and audio issues, and uh, we had a great conversation.
1: Yeah, thanks, man. Sorry if I uh, rambled. When it comes to movies, I get so excited, so it's like...
0: (laughs) No, no, that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. Always a pleasure to talk to you about movies yeah, all the time.
1: Yeah, thanks, Kieran. Appreciate it.
0: That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you, Josh, for joining me today. And thank you so much for listening to the top three. We hope that you would enjoyed our discussion of the top three Terrence Malick movies. It's worth noting that our rankings are driven by passion, not by expertise. If you want to hear more of Josh's thoughts on art, faith, and everything in between, be sure to check out his podcast called Closet Conversations. If you would like to suggest the topic to be discussed, or just like to say hi, please leave a comment or message us on Instagram at thetop3pod. You can also email us at thetop3pod at gmail.com. The music featured in this podcast is by Sebastian Ochoa Mendoza. If you'd like to support this podcast, please tell your friends about it. I hope that you have a lovely day.